0: Hey, welcome back to the Ameritics with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And one of those things out there that uh, we're having conversations about is PARA. That's the Public Employees Retirement Association right here in Colorado. And someone who is an expert on that is Joshua Scharf. And Joshua, welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, absolutely. And Complete Colorado, uh, they are the place to go for your news source. They aggregate uh, um, from all over the news sources from all over the state. And uh, they link to that so that you can find out what is happening to Colorado, find out what matters to you. But the other thing, if you click on the banner at the top of the page, they have original content, original commentary. And a guy that really knows Para is Joshua Scharf. And you had an excellent piece uh, on July 16th in Complete Colorado, page two. And you talk about Para's volatility and why that matters. So set that up for us, Joshua.
1: So, basically, what I'm talking about is the returns on PERA and how they bounce around from year to year. You know, we had, uh, as as we've talked about before, uh, last year, PERA's returns were minus 3.5% on its portfolio. And the year before, they were, I think, somewhere like 18% on its portfolio. So, they they bounce around quite a bit. So, they were up 18
0: one year and down three and a half another year. Is that what it was?
1: Yes, that's right. Okay. and. And so there, there are there are costs to this. I mean, what Para is doing. Obviously, we know that that Para is underfunded. That overall, they only have about sixty cents in the bank for every dollars worth of promises that that have been made. And so, what one of the uh, the, the ongoing sagas has been since about you know the turn of the century, since about two thousand, uh, has been to to try to get Para. Back to being better funded. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They took a hit uh, in the first recession, right, right around uh, 2001. They took uh, a, a big hit right after the, the the Great Recession, 2008, 2009, and then. They've also sort of continued since then to be to be increasingly underfunded, and so this has been an ongoing problem. How do you get them back to being funded? And so what what they'll do is they'll project out where they're going to be at some point in the future. They project out, you know, how long it will take to get back to full funding, and to do that they use an expected rate of return. In this case, it's seven and a quarter percent. We'll we'll leave that. Alone for where that is, and let's assume for the moment that that's a reasonable number. Well, you can get to seven and a quarter percent average returns a lot of different ways, and if you're bouncing around a lot, then then you you end up basically increasing the possibility that you'll do really really well. But you know that's nice, but it's not really it's not really necessary. Uh, The risk is on the downside. Again, you will increase the possibility that you will do really, really poorly and just you know early on and never be able to catch up. And so you can you have a lot of routes to an average seven and a quarter percent return. But if you end up choosing the wrong route, you can end up going you can end up going bankrupt even though you get that average rate of return that you want. So the greater the volatility, the greater chance that happens.
0: Now you know, Joshua, just a question. It, I was thinking there's some legislation or there's some something somewhere that says. That ultimately the taxpayers are on the hook for paras um, the promises they've made is that true?
1: yeah I mean it, it, it is true there's a uh, to, to to at least some some extent uh, there are some things that that they could probably wiggle out of like for instance cost of living increases and that kind of thing but you know ultimately it really does come down to the state being being liable for this it comes down to the taxpayers being liable for this unless there are there is legislation that um, uh, you know requires uh, you know greater greater employee contributions like we had in SB 200, or, uh, or 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 limiting the cost of living adjustments. But ultimately, really, it's the it's the state's responsibility to pay up, which means it's a taxpayer's responsibility to pay up in one form or another.
0: So Para is uh, assuming this rate of return you said it's seven and a quarter percent, and if you average out. Up eighteen and a half percent the year before, down three and a half. Well, certainly there's they're um, you know hanging in there probably at about what they they and well I guess that would be what fourteen percent. So so I guess if you look at it that way, it's higher. But the volatility, uh, what's interesting in the piece that you've written, is that over the long term, volatility can come back to bite you.
1: Well, it, it not only it not only makes failure more likely; it also costs you returns. I mean, you know, you, that's why that's why Peril reports and why you use what's called the geometric rate of return or the compound rate of return. An easy way to to understand the difference between the two is to think if you if you don't don't worry about percentages because the numbers are so small you end up not not really grasping it. But let's say you want to average multiplying something by five. Over two years. So you can do that any number of ways, but if you say five times five, okay, that's 25, and that's the best you're going to do by averaging at five. If you have, say, you know, one times nine, which is also, you know, which is also an average of five, and you multiply those numbers together, you only get nine, right? So, so, the point is that, that that's a very broad spread, one versus nine, as opposed to five versus five. So, the, the, what you do is you re, you report to what's called the geometric rate of return, which is you multiply all the returns together, and then you and then you see what the what the cumulative rate of return is, rather than adding them all up and, and dividing by the number of years. So, so when you do that, if you have as you have since uh, pair has since uh two thousand their their sort of arithmetic average rate of return has been about six point two so six point uh, six six quarter percent but their geometric rate of return has been about five point eight five percent or so so this actually this costs you money uh having this stuff bounce around it makes it a lot harder for you to 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 meet your targets
0: but that's uh the five whatever you that you just said that's a far cry <laughs> from the seven and a quarter. That they're assuming is their rate of return.
1: Yeah, it is, and and in fact, what ends up what ends up happening is it's twofold. Uh, Pew, the uh, Pew Trust did a study and said that that according to their, their estimates, uh, they felt that what would be reasonable given Perez's basket of uh, you know, basket of how they how they have their assets allocated. Over the over the, the out years, maybe the next thirty or twenty years, would be six point four percent. Warren Buffett, who we all know, you know, and they, his company self funds its own pension. Uh, he average he thinks it's it's around six percent is what he uses. So what ends up happening is by uh, uh, using this aggressive rate of return of seven and a quarter percent. Uh, then even if you're you're able to meet that, you're basically also dialing in a lot more risk because as we all know, on average, if there's more reward, there's going to be more risk and and, and a good proxy for risk is volatility.
0: And Joshua, though, another thing is, is I think that PARA gives to these young teachers and, you know, these people that are working within the PARA system, you know, an idea of what they can expect when they retire, and it it looks attractive. But we've got something that we've, we're we going to have to sit down and have a really honest conversation about this. Because if the taxpayer is, in, in fact, as we have noted, that they are, in fact, uh, on the hook for these promises that are being made. And a lot of the pe- taxpayers, uh, a lot of small business people do not have a cushy retirement plan. They're just trying to make their, you know, keep, take care of their families and keep their businesses going. And so we're setting ourselves up for a, Kind of a really difficult situation here in Colorado if we don't get this thing straightened around. And and it looks to me like from the volatility standpoint, from your excellent piece in Complete Colorado, that Pera is taking more risk. And over the long term, it, it does affect returns.
1: Well, and and the good news is here is that the Pera Board is aware of the problem. They're going to end up voting. They, they've got a, a a consultant that they brought in. To, to look at this problem, see if there isn't a way that they can tamp down some of the volatility while not compromising on returns. Uh, it's possible that they've just been unlucky. And even in 18, you know, in, the, in this day and age, uh, with the amount of data that we have, you know, even an 18 year time horizon is not necessarily that long. So it could be that they've just been unlucky, and that that, that they've been uh, you know un- un- unluckily volatile. Uh, but they want to take a look at that and make sure that 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 they're doing the best they can to keep these returns as predictable as possible. And so they're going to end up devoting their September board meeting to to this problem.
0: Well, that's uh, that, that's encouraging. Yes,
1: my own feeling is that uh, they are. Nevertheless, still kidding themselves about the uh, about the expected rate of return, and that's probably too aggressive. And what it's doing is it, it is, as I say, leading them to uh, accept more risk than they than they really should. Uh, it's um, uh, and and it doesn't mean they're bad investors. I'm not. I'm not suggesting they're poor portfolio managers or bad investors. I'm suggesting that the portfolio managers have been given a a a job that. It, may be very difficult for them to do
0: oh yeah that, that makes a lot of sense so uh, joshua sharif this excellent piece uh, in the complete colorado it's on the page two what is the final thought that you would like to leave with our listeners today
1: uh, just that uh, you know this this money has to do double duty it has to both pay the difference between contributions and and uh, and, and 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 benefits every year and it also has to The interest earned on this also has to try to catch up to make us better funded over time. And when when returns bounce around like that, it just makes the whole thing a lot more uncertain.
0: OK, well, Joshua Sharf, thank you so much. And again, this piece is in the Complete Colorado. It's on page two. Just click on that banner at the very top in the piece is Paris Volatility Matters. Uh, Joshua Sharf, thank you so much.
1: It's been my pleasure.